Next on BYU Sports Nation, Rock Chalk Jayhawked. BYU basketball falls to fourth-ranked Kansas, but is all lost in Maui? Next up, another quad one chance tonight against Virginia Tech. Is it a must-win for the trip to be a success? And can BYU football finish the season as a top 25 team for the first time in a decade? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, November 27th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who has very strong opinions on how to cook a turkey, Jerem Jordan. Um, I, you know what? I've not had this question because uh, I've hosted Thanksgiving. I'm not hosting this year. I'm very excited to go to the uh, to the brother and sister-in-laws and let them handle it in their new house. You know, I'll just lay on the carpet by their fireplace and just chill. And watch football and after watch you football. stuff your face. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Um, but... Last night on uh, BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, there was a young man named Lincoln Peterson who had this question. So, what's the best way to prep a turkey? Smoke, fry, or oven bake? How about all of the above? <laughs> Let's do all three, yeah? What's your favorite? Probably fried. Fried? Why, why probably? Huh? Why probably? Probably? Well, I don't know. Only kind of really had. great question from lincoln very matter of fact hey he came ready reminds me of the kid that it it came out what a week or two ago where it's like what are you doing in this line for the fried chicken he's like i like fried chicken i I Uh, like like fried chicken it's delicious i like fried chicken it's like what are you like a 55 year old at the steel mill like put in eight days eight hours of work grab a six pack went home and had some fried chicken yeah Great stuff. Lincoln Peterson, thanks for the question. That was great. You can see the entirety of BYU Football with Kalani Satake, hosted by Jerem Jordan last night, immediately following BYU Sports Nation today. Let us give thanks for that amazing question, Jerem, and for our Thanksgiving Eve question of the day. What are you most thankful for as a BYU fan? Hashtag BYUSN to reply on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Are there any other social media accounts that uh, we should use the hashtag BYUSN for? Uh, Friendster. Okay. MySpace. Yep. Yep. Uh, mutual app. Mutual. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Do we need a BYU Sports Nation account on Mutual? I said this the other a couple weeks ago. When remember when BYU football was two and four? They were four and four after beating Boise State. Uh-huh. Or whatever, you know, I said if B, I was going around the office. If BYU football was a person, would you date it? Yeah. And I was asking some of our, our uh, st- single students. It was funny. They're like, no, two, two up and down, right? Right now, but consistent, right now, though. It's getting, pretty good. Getting consistent. Yeah. A little bit of issue there. We all have it. But, yeah. It was weird at the beginning. Yeah. But it's okay now. That's BYU. Oh, great stuff. Yeah, uh, that's a summer topic for sure. The dating you, profile of BYU yeah, football. the dating profile. <laughs> uh, I'm also thankful for today's loaded show lineup. Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball coach, will join us in 15 minutes. Are the Cougars an NCAA tournament team once they get Yoli Childs back? Mm. One-on-one with BYU defensive back D'Angelo Mandel, the incredible story on where and when he received news about his scholarship to the Y, plus the debut of Read My Tweets and an elite deep blue featuring Mitch Matthews. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball. 
Loses to fourth-ranked Kansas last night. Final score 71-56 in the second round of the Maui Invitational winner's bracket. T.J. Haas led the BYU with 16 points. Cougars will take on 6-1 Virginia Tech in the third-place game tonight. Another quad one opportunity, it would seem. 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific on ESPN2. And BYU Radio. And the football team's one day closer to the regular season finale at San Diego State this Saturday. Here's what Kalani Sataki expects from the Aztec offense. I think they're going to try to really just possess the ball, and they'll, they'll, they'll huddle, and then uh, they'll slow the game down a little bit. But uh, we're going to have to take care of the football and, and on defense disrupt as much as we can offensively. Got to find ways, uh, ways to get points on the board. Every game on BYU Radio with your boy, Jason Shepard, begins at 7 Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff with Spencer Linton and David Nixon live from San Diego. And then we'll have uh, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Tanner Mangum, and Mitch Matthews, speaking of Mitch, again, will join us at 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Tanner and Mitch's former teammate Fred Warner, currently with the San Francisco 49ers, named NFC Defensive Player of the Week. He's playing really well right now. He's doing Pro Bowl things, a San Francisco treat. 11 tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack, one quarterback hit, one forced fumble. In a 49ers blowout win over the Green Bay Packers, Fred and the NFC West leading Niners take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday in a high-profile game. Uh, go Ravens. Uh, to the soccer pitch, Michaela, uh, Michaela Coulihan and Elise Flake are two of the 15 semifinalists for the Mac Herman Trophy, the Heisman Trophy of women's soccer. Coulihan and Flake are just the third and fourth semifinalists for the award in 25 years of women's soccer BYU. 36 goals, 14 assists. They'll announce the finalists on December 6th. Four of the top 15 players in the country will be on the field at the same time when BYU plays Stanford this Friday. That'll be fun. Pretty amazing. Elite Eight, let's go. Ed Eyestone, head coach of the national champion BYU men's cross-country team. Sounds good, doesn't it? Oh, it sounds so good. Is now the national coach of the year, according to the USTF CCCA. We noted this earlier in the week. Eyestone is the first person in NCAA history to win an individual cross-country title and coach a national championship team. And he said uh, it's more satisfying to have been the coach than have won one as an individual. And he says not close. Yeah. yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Rock Chalk Jayhawked. BYU basketball drops to 4-3 and three on the season after a 15-point loss to fourth-ranked Kansas. Keep in mind the Jayhawks are a preseason favorite to make the Final Four. But, hey, it was only a two-point game at halftime, Jerem. Moral victory. Jerem, what other moral (laughs) victories does BYU basketball take from that 15-point loss to Kansas? (sighs) Losers talk about margins at the half. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 29-27. BYU played good defense in the first half. Just couldn't get shots to go down. And it's not like these shots are open. Kansas was making it tough for BYU to get good looks. You played a quad one game. That is a moral victory. In fact, it might even be an actual victory of sorts because on Selection Sunday, should BYU be in the mix, this will be a game that counts. Now, BYU didn't win it, but uh, the committee evaluates how tough was your schedule. This will be, okay, they played Kansas, and they'll move on, right? Colby Lee continues to play well on offense, by the way. 13 points on 6 of 8 shooting. In this tournament, he's 12 of 15 for 26 points. Not bad. Um, BYU, by the way, is completely dependent on making shots. That sounds dumb, but this is what it is. BYU's 0-3 when shooting 33% or worse from 3. 4-0 when shooting better than that. Where's Jonathan Tavernari to tell us that he was right? What, that shooting (laughs) over 36% means you're probably going to win? That's an incredible observation. Perhaps it's about the percentage. I I think that BYU needs to make 10 to 12 threes a game. Um, Obviously, we want to shoot a good percentage. you got to shoot 
upper 30s, I think, to have a shot. JT, Better than 9 JT's for 33, response right? was 40% plus. It's like there were like six teams that shot that well. I don't think BYU is going to shoot that well um, when the season's done. It'd be nice to be in the 37, 38, 39 range. But there's some moral victories to take from this. It's good to be in the winner's bracket. I, th- I think beating UCLA changed the entire dynamic of this. One, you get that win. Two, you get in the winner's bracket, so now you play Kansas and Virginia Tech. That's much better than had BYU lost, played Chaminade, and then who would it have been? I don't even know or care at this point. It's good that BYU beat UCLA. Yes, on my list of moral victories, besides trailing by only two at halftime, BYU played good enough defense against Kansas to win the game. If they make some shots and don't shoot 9 for 33 from the three-point line, then just maybe it gets weird and Kansas starts to do some uncharacteristic things because they're feeling pressure and they're supposed to win the game. Uncharacteristic would be not pay the players. What? Oh, boy. What? Snoop in the house? BYU played good defense. I was really impressed with how they locked things down against a much more athletic and uh, explosive Kansas team. So I'm encouraged by that. That's a moral victory. In a loss, BYU, I thought their defense was good enough to win the game if they hit a few open shots. Like you said, BYU's in the winner's bracket. That is a moral victory. This allows BYU some quality games and another quality game today. I like the mentality of Mark Pope that he brings as a coach to everyone on his team. BYU doesn't play scared. They didn't play scared against Houston. They didn't play scared against Kansas. They won't be afraid of anybody, and that's good because BYU has a Kansas in their conference. It's Gonzaga. Like BYU plays a Kansas-type team two, maybe three times every year, and they won't back down. So I like that. And then here's an off-the-radar one. Colby Lee is progressing by necessity. Like BYU has to rely on him, and I have been surprised pleasantly by what he's been able to do as the big man for BYU. 13 points. He's been sharpened by the fire, if you will. This is going to pay off when Yoli Childs returns and when Childs is in foul trouble, knowing that Colby Lee's been battle-tested against some good teams, and, and this is, it's going to pay its dividends eventually. Good matchup with Virginia Tech tonight, by the way, because Virginia Tech only has one dude over 6'7", just like BYU. So BYU can match up from a size perspective with Virginia Okay, yeah. all right. Topic two, men's hoops beat UCLA by 15, then lost to Kansas, who's ranked fourth, by 15. The Cougars are looking for a 2-1 and one record in Hawaii, hoping to win tonight against Virginia Tech. Here's Mark Pope on game three tonight. We're really excited about the game. I mean, come on, we get a chance to play Virginia Tech, who's undefeated until they lost to Dayton, who, who very well could win this thing. They're in championship game. And listen, we're in the 3-4 game in Maui. It's hard to get to the 3-4 game in Maui. And... Um, and, and so, you know, this is an unbelievable opportunity for us. Does success at the Maui Invitational hinge on beating Virginia Tech tonight? No, I think BYU has already attained the minimum threshold of success, which was beating UCLA and just giving yourself an opportunity to play two good games against Kansas and now Virginia Tech. I think BYU hit the threshold going to Maui, picking up a win. It guarantees the Cougars will be at least 4-4 four and four coming off of the islands. They're going to beat Montana Tech. BYU's going to have a winning record in the first nine without Yoli Childs. You and I talked, and Greg Rebell talked with us. With Yoli Childs, we were hopeful that BYU would finish 5-4. and four. Yeah. Now, without Yoli Childs, BYU is guaranteed to finish 5-4. and four. If they beat Virginia Tech... Holy cow, then the Cougars have exceeded expectations. I think they've already hit the threshold. As much as it would stink to lose back-to-back games and oh, see another quad one opportunity go away, uh, how much can we really expect from this team without Yoli Childs? 
What's fair? They won at Houston. That, I know. That's, the ceiling I know, but is they also there, lost right? against Boise State. Right. Don't don't shoot seven of twenty four from uh, from three or nine for thirty three against Kansas from three. Well, that is understandable. Boise State's not. Um, yes and no. No, no, because BYU got to a winners bracket. They played a quad one game last night, and they'll play maybe one tonight. We'll see on Selection Sunday. But yes, because you don't want to come home one and two. Um, is it, this is an even matchup. Vegas says this is a, a one or one and a half point game. Virginia Tech by one or one and a half. As was the UCLA game, according to Las Vegas. That was a bad line. UCLA's not that good. Uh, UCL, uh, Ken Palm, Vatek, 48, BYU 71. ESPN BPI, BYU 53 and Virginia Tech 62. Uh, ESPN matchup predictor, 51% BYU. So this is, this is a game BYU can win. This is a game BYU can win. And as I mentioned, uh, this, the center for Virginia Tech is 6'7", Landers Nolly. And uh, you know what? They have a backup who's 6'10", and uh, Kobe Lee is BYU's one guy that's over 6'8". So this is a matchup in terms of rebounding and uh, perhaps even length to a certain degree. BYU, BYU needs to go and win this game so that they have a, a quad one or two win. On the resume, in addition to Houston, and that now you're now you're going. Who knows how good Utah is going to be? Utah State is certainly uh, a game that could be a quad one, uh, will be a quad one yes. game. I think when they're all ranked fifteenth right now, undefeated. BYU needs these three or four games um, for Selection Sunday. I, I'm coming around to the idea that maybe BYU have a shot, but they have Ooh. to win some. Like if BYU doesn't win tonight, it's like, well, you're not going to have enough wins. Against those, and you need non-conference wins that matter. Houston is the non-conference win that matters. If BYU gets Virginia Tech, it's like, okay, look what they did. And here's the big, big deal with this: Oh, BYU did that without Yoli Childs, and then they got Yoli Childs, and they were better. That's the hope. BYU needs this win tonight to have a shot at Selection Sunday. I think it's really, really important. BYU already beat Houston and UCLA without Yoli Childs. And how much will the committee be aware to the fact that Yoli Childs was not with BYU in the first nine games? They They all know because it's been such a national thing. Yes, they will know. When Jay Billis is saying things like, this is the dumbest thing that the NCAA has done, that resonates. People are watching. (laughs) Trust me. There was at least one member of the committee watching that, and they are fully aware of those situations. We know that from when Tom Homo was on the selection committee. BYU wants national recognition, understandably. They can get some more of it if they beat Virginia Tech tonight. BYU football would also like some national recognition in the form of finishing a season ranked in the AP poll or the college football playoff poll for the first time since going independent. It has not happened. BYU was ranked 25th in the coaches poll in 2011 because of an exception where USC could not be ranked due to sanctions from the NCAA. Other than that, the Cougars haven't sniffed the top 25 in the last decade they haven't sniffed it and that brings us to our stat of the day it's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day since 2011 Jerem no G5 team has finished the season ranked with four losses Remind me, does BYU have four losses? Uh, this just in, yes. Yes, they're seven, and, seven four. and four. But, but, they beat USC, they beat Tennessee, they beat Boise State, they beat Utah State. Jerem, what's the chance BYU finishes the season ranked for the first time in independence? Uh, I don't see it. it. It'd be nice. It all depends, right? But if you're a power, there's some power five teams that finish at eight and five ranked, like because of strength of schedule, like a Auburn type in the past or whatever, where. They had a decent win or two, but they had five losses. It's going to be tough. It, it depends on yeah which Power Fives have eight or nine 
wins that deserve to be ranked. But here's, here's the positives for this. A lot of factors going into this. BYU will have defeated Boise State, which is good, but not really anybody else that pops. BYU is getting recognized early. Does USC in not the season. pop? Because they're ranked 22nd right now. No. Yes, but it happened so long ago, it's not going to pop now. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. People are going to say, well, who have they beaten? They're on this seven-game win streak, assuming BYU gets to nine, five currently. Uh, San Diego State, uh, that's a decent win to us, but nationally that doesn't like jive with anybody. And then if BYU plays a ranked AAC team in the bowl game, now BYU's got a shot should BYU win that game. I don't think it's going to happen, but if BYU finishes 9-4, and four, they're receiving votes, they return Zach Wilson, and then BYU's going to be a top 35 team, likely, going into 2020. BYU's just going to miss being ranked in the top 25 if they win out. I've missed it for a long time. What are you talking about? They are going to just... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. It's been since 2011. It's <laughs> yes, been eight years. Yes. I, I have I missed miss it, it as well. Yeah. They'll be on the outside looking in. They'll be receiving like stained. votes. stained? Yeah, they'll be receiving votes. Did but... you like that song? Stained? Outside? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's unfortunate because BYU, if they win seven in a row, they'll have an impressive resume. Win at Tennessee. Win against USC, who's ranked. Win against Boise State, who's probably only going to finish uh, the season with one loss. Like Boise so State so might, might finish the season 12-1, and one, their lone loss to BYU with their third-string quarterback. Shout-out to Baylor Romney. Hey, uh, it, BYU will have an impressive resume. But you're right. Unless BYU can make a statement in the bowl game against a it has team to be from the a, AAC, it has to be a ranked AAC just, team. You have to have a splash, and Hawaii's not going to do it. And I blame San Diego State for losing to Hawaii and losing to Nevada. Come on, Aztecs! Yeah. If BYU played a ranked San Diego State team this week and, and beat ra- them in San Diego, now they've got wins against three ranked teams. Yeah, that would have been nice. And then the voters are like, huh? Yeah, BYU has really turned things around. And they played without their starting quarterback and running back at South Florida, right? Didn't have Tyson Williams against Toledo, da da da. You, you start to make these justifiable excuses for why BYU should be ranked. I don't think BYU should be ranked at the end of the year, but I think that BYU is going to carry some great momentum into 2020. Because trust me, when you win like nine-plus games and you return your quarterback— Preseason magazines, you're on the cover, people are talking about you. It's good. Hey, it's based fun. on our stat of the day, no G5 team has finished the season ranked with four losses. This would be the ultimate determiner if BYU is truly a Power 5 equivalent if they can finish the season ranked with four losses. They're a Power 5 equivalent. The back of the schedule is too weak. That's the yeah. issue. Yeah. Come and on. that's why BYU's on a win streak. Hawaii doesn't need to stay home for the bowl game. Come on. Why? You can go, go, somewhere somewhere go somewhere else. Go somewhere else, yeah. man. I don't want one bowl game. <laughs> I want an AAC team. Let's go. Our question of the day. What are you most thankful for as a BYU fan? Time to hear from you, BYUSN, and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Brady J. Young on Facebook. The fact I'm not a Ute and don't have to wear that ridiculous red. On a serious note, grateful for what BYU stands for and that Kalani is our head coach in football. Grateful that the Olympic sports are killing it, especially women's soccer. Go Cougs. Winning's fun. Coming up, Deep Blue with Mitch Matthews. And Steve Cleveland, former head basketball coach on If... BYU basketball is an NCAA tournament team once Yoli Childs gets back. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The final game of the Maui Invitational for men's hoops goes down tonight against Virginia Tech. This is a Tier A game, according to Ken Palm. Great opportunity for the Cougars against the Hokies. Pre-game on the radio starts at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. We are live in Studio B on Thanksgiving Eve with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, former BYU basketball head coach and friend of the program, Steve Cleveland. Coach, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm doing great, and I hope you're doing well as well. Oh, yeah, we're, we're doing all right, especially because BYU basketball has already beaten Houston and UCLA, and we're just hoping the Cougars can uh, win a Ken Palm Tier A game against Virginia Tech tonight. But before we go into the details of that, Coach, you've been to the Maui Invitational and played uh, with the host Chaminade. What's it like to play in Maui this time of year? Uh, you know, I think it's it's great for everyone. I'm, I'm probably the coaches enjoy it least because there's so much work going on. It's not like a vacation, but I think for the players and the fans, I kind of had an interesting experience with Coach Williams. We were we knew we were opening up with North Carolina, who was uh, the top of the standings in the nation, and uh, I never forget him telling me. He said, "He said, Steve. He said, listen, I'm, I'm going to apologize right now. I, you probably heard our guys lost at Santa Clara on the way over here." And we're really focused, and you know we're really good. We're a veteran team, and uh, this this game could get away from us. So listen, I won't pile it on, but I, you need to know that's what's happening. I'm going. Thanks for the heads up, coach. <laughs> <laughs> and a 36 point loss later, he was unfortunately correct. <laughs> I mean, it was like they were so focused, and we were kind of without Trent Playstead, Kenny Young, league gone on a mission, and we had a really young and inexperienced team, unlike the BYU team here who's got senior leadership and playing very well. So I felt we were a little undermanned. I'll tell you the best thing about it is I love the surfboard I still got. Do you, have you used it? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> it, it's not really for use. I mean, I've surfed before. But it's not really for use, but it's a really cool thing to have in the house. <laughs> you, you are you were a surfer kid growing up, weren't you? Didn't, you went to UC Irvine, no, I, 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 kid? I dabbled in it, mostly body surfing, but I did dabble in some surfing. And, uh, the hair, the but, flow, and everything, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> is, is the gym it, hot at the Lahaina Civic Center? Alex Barcella looks like he's coming out of a sauna every play. You know, they've actually remodeled that place. It's not nearly as bad as it used to be. But, yeah, the humidity there, I remember us, the ball was really slippery. And uh, those things don't seem to be problematic anymore. But it's just humid over there. You, you know what it's like. You get off the airplane, you leave Utah, and all of a sudden you feel like you're in a sauna. So, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that they have made some huge upgrades to that facility. BYU former basketball head coach Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars beat up on UCLA. Solid win. Again, they've got the win over Houston. A 15-point loss to Kansas last night. We just went through our moral victories in that game, Coach. What moral victories do you take away for BYU in the loss to Kansas? You know, I mean, first of all, they were prepared. They are in the game. I mean, they were playing hard. They were competing. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if fatigue was a factor, but they, they certainly didn't shoot the three ball like they, they, they did the night before where uh, they, you know, shot 50%, nine for 18. They, you, you go four for 18, and, you know, Nixon, Toulson, and Bargello and Celius, uh between them made three and out, out of about 16 three, uh, threes. So they just didn't shoot the ball well. 
I thought that they got worn down in the second half. But the moral victory is they went and came out and competed for 20 minutes. They played. They stayed and executed. They certainly there was no giving up in that group. They they really competed and have good leadership on that team, and that that's why. So yeah, you know you play you play a really good team. You play without your best player, and uh, you know they, they were right there. Just just not enough depth and experience to beat a team like that. Their size and athleticism and length really took over in the second half. How do you feel about BYU's offense right now without Yoli Childs? Because certainly when he comes back, I, th- I think it'll be a different look, BYU. But the dribble handoffs and trying to play off screens. And uh, we've seen moments where it's been very successful. And uh, Cody Figure yesterday said on the show, when the ball isn't sticky, we're much better. How do, how do you see it? That, absolutely. I, I would have used that same terminology. I mean, you, the ball gets sticky. Any offense you run is not going to be very good. But the, the thing that's nice with this guard-oriented team, especially right now, is that side-to-side motion, it just creates space and opportunities for dribble drives, and it creates help, which creates open threes. So I, I like there's been really, really good movement in both games, to be honest with you. They just missed the shots against Kansas. But the, the nice thing about that motion is you can be patient within it as well. You don't have to look for a shot in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. You run it, you run it, you turn it over, you turn it over. Ball doesn't get sticky. Guys, you know, make mistakes later in the shot clock. So I like the flow of the offense. Uh, I, I think it works well for this team. There will be some adjustments that have to be made a little bit with, with Yoli because he's so dominant inside. But, you know, that's an easy adjustment for them to make. They're playing, you know, Yoli's playing with these guys every day in practice. So it's not like there's a serious adjustment there. Coach, right now with BYU having a win at Houston and a win over the always-named brand UCLA and an opportunity against Virginia Tech tonight, are the Cougars an NCAA tournament team once Yoli Childs returns? Absolutely. I mean, I think being on national TV and, and you know, the people that are making those decisions are watching games, and even though it's early, they know Yoli hasn't played. I think that played out pretty well on television with all, all the comments that were made. Uh, and, and Yoli's the best player in the WCC. I mean, the preseason, uh, you know, he, he's got a, an opportunity to be one of the best bigs in the country. So everybody knows who BYU is. They know they have seniors, they have depth, and uh, they have some experience. So I, I'm sure that uh, those that are making the decisions about the tournament are very watchful of what BYU is doing with what they've done already and kind of what's going to happen going forward in the first couple of months of the WCC play. A lot of that conversation on Selection Sunday will hinge on quad one and quad two games. Tonight could be a quad one game. It's a tier A game we mentioned from Ken Palm a couple of times. Do you feel like BYU has to win this one to have a chance on Selection Sunday, given how few quad ones BYU tends to get in non-conference play? Well, it's a great opportunity here when, when this team beat Michigan State two days ago. And the interesting thing about Virginia Tech, they got a whole new team from when Buzz Williams was there. And uh, but they're undersized, and I, I, I think the thing, in, which can be a little bit deceptive. I mean, they're, when they nobody starts above six seven, they're mostly six one, six two, three guards. But I think the key thing is they've got five guys that are playing. Four of them that play a lot that are freshmen, and so this is a younger team, an experienced team. They showed their youth and inexperience, uh, obviously, uh, in, a, in a game yesterday. It's not going to be an easy win. A lot of it's going to come down to conditioning and playing through fatigue when you play three games in, in three days. But this, this is a young, inexperienced team, so I, I think the door's open here. BYU shoots the three ball well. I think they have a, a great opportunity to win here. 
Coach, great to catch up with you. And again, we wish you the uh, best of holidays. And we know you'll be watching Virginia Tech, BYU tonight. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. I won't, and I will be watching. Thanks, guys. You got it. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Got to use that surfboard. How about that conversation with Roy Williams? Uh, That's funny. I like that. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Steve. Um, We're really focused. We just lost Santa Clara. We're going to destroy you tonight. I'm sorry. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel kind of weird, actually. I think that's odd. Coming up, the wild story of how D'Angelo Mandel received a scholarship offer from BYU. And Deep Blue with the elite Mitch Matthews. An emotional story. You don't want to miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU and Utah women's hoops will meet up for the 107th time in series history this Friday night, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. Now, in football... They can't agree on how many games they played. I haven't looked to see if that's the case in basketball. Hmm. I, I'm thinking they're probably on the same page, but generally BYU and Utah since 2011 have not been on the same page. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. And again, don't miss the Utes and Cougars on Friday. Dave McCann and Kristen Kozlowski will be on the call. That in mind, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Lost 71-56 to number four Kansas in game two of the Maui Invitational. TJ Haas led the Cougars in scoring with 16 points. Tonight, Brigham plays Virginia Tech for third place with pregame on BYU Radio, 1030 Eastern, with a game on ESPN2 as well. Football. The regular season finale for BYU football at San Diego State goes down Saturday. The Cougars trying to pick up a sixth win in a row. And best the 8-3 and three Aztecs. Pre-game on BYU Radio starts at 7 Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff live at 8 Eastern. Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner is the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after an 11-tackle, 2-TFL, 1-sack, 1-QB hit, 1-force fumble. And a partridge in a pear tree. And a partridge in a pear tree. Performance for the Niners and a win against the Packers. Taysom Hill on the New Orleans Saints. Play their rival, the Atlanta Falcons, tomorrow night, 820 Eastern on NBC Thursday Night Football. Yeah, baby. Soccer. Football. Michaela Coulihan and Elise Flake are two of the 15 semifinalists for the Mac Herman Trophy. That's the Heisman Trophy equivalent in women's soccer. Coulihan and Flake, just the third and fourth semifinalists for the award in 25 years of women's soccer. Finalists named December 6th. Cross country. Ed Eyestone, head coach of the national champion BYU men's cross country team. Is also the National Coach of the Year, according to the USTFCCCA. I stone the first person in NCAA history to win an individual cross-country title, did it in 1984, and now coach a national championship team a mere 35 years later. Volleyball. Number 13, BYU beat Pepperdine in five sets last night and went watched as a fan with the fam. That was fun. On senior night and the regular season finale, McKenna Miller had 18 kills, 8 digs, and 2 blocks, and a lot of candy on her shoulders afterward, you know, senior night. Mary Lake had 15 digs and an ace. The NCAA tournament selection show is Sunday night. Women's basketball. BYU beats up on in-state foe Utah State 67-50. If you listen closely, you can hear all the children still. That eerie shrill. (laughs) Brenna Chase Drollinger. Had quite a few shrills for knocking in <laughs> five three-pointers. Season high, 21 points. BYU in Utah, Friday on BYU TV. Now, the debate on Mitch Matthews and whether or not he is or was an elite receiver will continue on throughout the history of BYU sports. I thought that I won this. It will continue on forever. <laughs> but after you watch 
this deep blue, I can almost guarantee you will think he is an elite human being and comes from an outstanding family. Mitch Matthews, the focus of this week's Deep Blue. I'm Mitch Matthews, and I played at BYU from 2012 to 2015 and a few years in the NFL as well. And now I'm an entrepreneur and I've started my own business. I just remember him being a phenomenal receiver. Um, he was so tall, he was so long, and so a lot of those guys are one-dimensional, but Mitch Matthews, I thought, was as, as much of an all-around as receiver as you could find. Nobody is better at what Mitch does than Mitch. And I don't think, if he knew someone broke the records that he's broken, he'd just go break it again. We all talk about the, those players that you love having on your team, but you hate to play against. I think he was one of those uh, just because of his competitive nature. And he took that competitiveness, not just on the field, but off the field and the things he does. And, and if you look at him now, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's running a business and he's really just self-motivated because of his competitive nature to be the best that he can be. He also was the younger brother. Um, and his, so his older brother Marcus pushed him a lot. And he, he kind of had to keep up with him. And Mitch would always say that he didn't want to be known as Marcus's little brother. Because Marcus was a good athlete too. He knew if he was going to make a name for himself, he was going to have to work extra hard to make himself stand out, to set himself apart. Very few people get the chance to play college football or NFL football, but even less, I'd say, get the chance to, to play college football with their own brother, who I've looked up to my whole entire life. We didn't do anything not together when we played together, and that was, you know, some of the closest times I ever had, my, had with my brother. And those are times I look back on and we still talk about to this day. Joking around in the locker room and, and creating memories there, and, and that was a time in my life that I'll never forget, playing with your own brother uh, in college football. It's, it's really fun. So the Hail Mary was definitely the hallmark of my career. I, I prided myself in, in being a playmaker, which means when, when people think you have no chance to catch the ball, then, then I'm going to make a play. And that was kind of my, my mantra at BYU, was just make a play. We go back out onto the field for our, our final drive. We get to the 42-yard line, not quite close enough for a field goal. There's only one second to go in the game. And so we call timeout, and we, we dial up our, our Hail Mary play. I roll out. And I just put it up in the air. When that ball was flying in the air, I felt like it was my chance to really show people who I was and to make a big play on a big stage like that. Goes for the end zone. The ball's in the air. It drops at the goal line. I think he caught it for a touchdown. He got it. He got it. He got it. Touchdown, Mitch Matthews. The Cougars win it. The Cougars win it. And I'll never forget it. I, I, I hear about it nearly every single day. And this is, this is four years past. And I'm grateful for moments like that, that, that uh, kind of were an icing on the cake for my career here at BYU. And, and even when I played in the NFL, it was, you're the Hail Mary guy, right? That's what people said to me. You know, my life is dedicated to, to what I call redefining hard. I feel like there was a span of one month where, where my, my world got flipped upside down. And within one month, my mom passed away. And it was a few days, the same weekend, actually, as my wedding. And... A couple weeks after that, I was cut for the third time for my dream job playing in the NFL, and I was starting my own business. One of the experiences that Mitch went through that shaped him the most was the loss of his mom. And if you know Lisa, you know just how amazing she is and how great of a woman she is. After my mom passed away, um, it was two in the morning, and um, all of us are exhausted as a family, and we went to bed, and I had to work out the next morning at 6 a.m., and so I got three and a half hours, four hours of sleep that, that next day, and then I got up and, and worked out. 
because at the time I was on the Vikings, so I had, I had a job, right? And so, um, like I said before, there was nothing that was going to get in my way of chasing my dreams, and my mom taught me that. And so the day, you know, hours after she passed away, it was still go time. So I don't think there's really a ceiling for Mitch with what he wants to do. He's not afraid to go for it. He's not afraid to fail. He just puts his whole mind into something and just goes for it. And I think that's what he does with almost anything. If he wants to be better at it, he just bears down and does it. You know, he doesn't let anything stop him. Life is so fragile. Things can be switched in an instant. Things can be perfect and five hours later be horrible. You can be living your dream job and five minutes later, you're not living your dream job. And so if you have a chance to do something, you have a potential to do something, how dare you not go all out in that? And that's how I live my life now is not many businesses make it, but I'm gonna make this happen because I've been cut down so many times. I've lost things like that. And in my power, I'm gonna do everything I can to make my dreams happen because I've seen them switch. Sometimes you only have one shot. Sometimes you have multiple, but you never know when, when things are going to end. And so put every single thing you have into what you're doing in your, in your choice of, of your dreams and you'll reap a lot of benefits from that. Wow, what a story. Mitch Love Matthews. It. And uh, for those that don't know, he's absolutely killing it as an entrepreneur. And he not only says the right things, he, he lives it. He lives by yeah. his own code. I love Mitch. I, there's not an anti-Mitch thing for me. We just differ on what level of awesome we have with him, right? Uh, excited to have him on Countdown to Kickoff coming up uh, Saturday. That'll be fun. He and uh, Tanner on that. Coming up, read my tweets. We'll explain. <laughs> And D'Angelo Mandel, BYU defensive back. You won't believe how this young man received his scholarship offer from the BYU coaches. One-on-one with D'Lo next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, watch Countdown to Kickoff Live at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on BYU TV. As Spencer David Nixon from San Diego and then in Provo, Dave McCann playing Fowler, Tanner Mangum, and Mitch Matthews get you ready for BYU at San Diego State. Rainy San Diego until, thankfully, Saturday night. Not a ton of rain in the forecast for the actual game. So, Oh, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Oh, Touchdown it's going to rain. Okay. Wilson right. and company. Hopefully BYU's Hopefully. defense can do what most defenses have done to San Diego State's offense as well and slow them down. The Aztecs don't score a ton of points. And I think that D'Angelo Mandel on that defensive secondary uh, will have a say in that as well on Saturday night. Jerem's one-on-one with a Southern California kid, a homecoming of sorts. BYU Sports Nation All-Access, D'Angelo Mandel. All right, D'Angelo, uh, what was it like to go back to the Eastern Time Zone for a fourth time this year? Uh, it was good. It was definitely hard to sleep. I'll tell you that much when we first got there. Tried to go to bed at a reasonable time, but it was kind of hard to. But uh, it was fun. It was real cold still, but did make a good experience. How was the uh, hoop hall, the basketball hall of fame? It was fun. It was real nice to see. I didn't even know that it was located there in uh, Massachusetts, but it was fun. We got to shoot around. Uh, my jumper's a little off. <laughs> I've been a little rusty a little bit, but it was fun. Who had the best jump shot? 
Oof. Either Blake Freeland, the freshman, the new one, and uh, Joe Critchlow. Joe Critchlow's got game. Joe got a shot. Like, it's nice. Nice. Yeah. Quarterbacks, they get it all, right? The golf swing, the jumper. Yeah. And actually, um, oh, no, never mind. No, no, never mind. Yeah. And you. Of course, I mean, my yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the game. So UMass, certainly an opponent that you were hoping to beat and beat by a large margin. That happened. How would you feel the game went for you and the defense? Um, for me personally, I think there was things I could have worked on. I mean, I missed a sack that I should have had. But um, I think all in all, the defense, we played pretty aggressively. We had a lot of fun and just glad we got the win. Let's talk about how this defense has evolved from the beginning of the season to now. This team's on a five-game win streak. Um, what's changed for this group to be uh, one of the top takeaway teams in the country? Just being more aggressive. Um, the Kalani has just enforced it a lot, just being aggressive, running to the ball, showing a lot of effort, and I think that's just what's equated to what we're doing now. Let's talk about your development at BYU. You came in, and I guess at first we knew you by D'Angelo uh, Gunter, right? Um, now you go by Mandel. What's the story with your last name? Um, so I came here as Angelo Gunter, and then I left. Um, I was home for a year, and uh, when I was at home, I was staying with the family whose last name is Mandel, and they were taking care of me for the like my junior year to up until now, basically. And so I consider them my family. So it was February 21st, I want to say, when we got, went to court and got it changed, and it's been Mandel ever since. So you wanted to honor what they did for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good people, great people, actually. Great people. Um, let's talk about uh, San Diego State. So you're from San Diego. Uh, what's this experience like for you going back home for a game? It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Uh, I need a lot of tickets for sure. <laughs> I've already been asking a lot. Um, it's going to be good, though. Friends, family. I mean, I get to be home. It's going to be actually not very cold, thank God. Uh, but I'm excited. Really excited. And you never played in the stadium in high school or anything. This will be the first time. First time ever. Okay. Ever. You know there's a reason the charges left, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's true, that's true. But a lot of history there, especially with BYU, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar, but BYU played in so many Holiday Bowls there, and the Hail Mary from Jim McMahon in the National Championship in that stadium, so it's going to be a cool opportunity for BYU, and uh, although this wasn't a rivalry for you in, in your time at BYU, San Diego State, a lot of history as well, and this is a pretty good team. Yeah, they, they look real good. Um, they have a pretty good season, too, so far, um, and they were ranked at one point also, so... I know it's going to be a good challenge for us. Just another week for us to get back to work and get better. So, Depending on the week, given the fact that you guys have played such a tough schedule, I think it could be as many as 10 teams that go to a bowl uh, and a bunch of teams that have been ranked. How does that prepare you for a moment like this where, yes, you played Utah, it feels like forever ago, but you played a lot of tough teams this year? Uh, I think it's good playing all those teams. Um, I don't think you should... Get, go down to like a lower level. I think that playing all these good teams and testing yourself every week is a good a good challenge for you. Who's the hardest guy to guard on BYU's offense in practice? Hmm. Probably say Micah. He's a uh, he's a uh, he's not predictable. He always changes things up each week. He's a uh, he's hard to he's hard to get a, a read on sometimes. But yeah. Which guy would you want to line up as a wide receiver against on your defense? One more time, sorry. Let's say you switch to offense. We're seeing that with Tyler Algier and Kyrus, right? Oh, okay. If you lined up a wide receiver, who would you like to go at among your teammates in the secondary? Oh, Dian, right away. Right away. I'm asking for Dian to line up right in front of me the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. 
What's it been like to play with Dion this year where he's had another spectacular season and, and just fills up the stat sheet? Uh, it's good. Um, having him in our room, I think he just shows a good amount of leadership and just seeing him make plays, it makes you want to also make those plays too. So I think it's good. I've just been learning from him all year so I can take it with me for my time here. How does he manage that where he's with the safeties, with the corners, with the secondary as a whole? I don't know. you got to ask him. He, I don't think I could do it from what he's doing. It's just back and forth a lot. But I, they prepared him for it, though, too. So I think he just goes in and plays. So, How did BYU get on your radar originally in recruitment? Um, actually, <laughs> I was in a ceramics class making uh, pottery. And my uh, high school coach called me out of my room, I mean, out of the, out of the classroom. And he said, here's the phone. And it was Ed Lamb on the phone. And he just said, oh, yeah, we're going to offer you. And I was like, oh, what? What? Yeah, and then that's how it happened. So had you never talked to Ed or met anyone from BYU prior to that? No, not at all. So so site offered, uh, uh, or scholarship offered off-site, on the phone? Yes. Was that, I know Ed loves his track guys, and you were a track guy. Uh, 100, 100, 200, right? 214. 214, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh what was that like when you first got that offer? Did you have other D1 offers at that point? I had, at the time, I had Weber and Southern Utah. It was early in my recruiting. Um, and then, yeah, he just called me out of nowhere. I was shocked I because it was random. I was just sitting in class just making pottery. So. Literally making pottery. Do you remember what you were making? Do you still have it? I think it was like a, a little gla- like a little bowl. Like putting glaze, I don't know, bro. It was a long time ago. <laughs> you still have it? Nah, it's oh, okay. gone. Yeah, it's gone. I wish you still had it, and that could, you know, we could show that. But yeah, nah, Lamb. Yeah, it was it was random, but it was great. I mean, I'm here now, so it's definitely a blessing. And what ultimately led to you coming here and choosing to come back here? Um, just the family atmosphere. I knew that was important. Um, from talking to Kalani when I first came here, just the way he preached about it, and just the loving and. The kindness of everybody is just important to me. Um, and then coming back, I mean, it was pretty much to Kalani because I left and a lot of guys leave and coaches usually, all right, we don't need him anymore. But he still gave me another chance to come back here and play and go to school here. So I'm thankful for it. Well, it's great to have you on the team. Great to have you at BYU. And uh, let's see if we can find you another ceramics class at BYU, right? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'd like to get a call in my ceramics class and be told that I'm going to be uh... – on full scholarship to play football. We'd like to offer you uh, money to come to our school. I, <laughs> I know we haven't met, but please do this. Uh, BYU Sports Nation karma to D'Angelo as well. Make that sack that he didn't at Let's UMass go. and yes. uh, against San Diego State. Let's go. Coming up, read my tweets. Kansas fans tweet about BYU. Oh, boy. And a rise and shout-out to public enemy number one of the NCAA, Jay Billis. Details next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Billis is our homie. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by... Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Show is also available anytime on demand via BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Each time BYU plays a big-name team for the first time, and for that matter, first time in a while, you can guarantee that Twitter will be ablaze, especially if the game is on ESPN Talking about the old men from BYU and... It was really advantageous last night. White b-ball success and all sorts of fun stuff. We present to you now, Read My Tweets, a Kansas Jayhawk edition presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. You ready to do this, Jerem? Yes, at the true new. Number 30 for BYU basketball, that's T.J. Huss, actually is Brigham Young. (laughs) Now you need a beard for that. Come on. Yeah. 
And the many more wives. At Bub66OHM says, is it a rule that BYU basketball has to have a guy that looks like he's 40 on the team? Yes, it is. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Campbell. <laughs> at everybody? At everybody? No, I think it, we forgot the Twitter handle. Oh, okay. Uh, everybody who plays basketball for BYU is a married 22-year-old named Orson with two kids <laughs> who shoots 40% from three and 85% from the stripe. I wish some of that was the case. At Barstool Big Cat yep, in on this. Okay, okay. Number 40, Colby Lee, on BYU is such an ugly runner, I can't get enough of him. Just a big man running up and down the court, never showing up in the sheet, getting in a sweat. <laughs> he is awesome. <laughs> Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. What are you most thankful for as a BYU fan, other than those tweets? At Shea Lawrence C tweets in, uh, BYU's all-time Turkey Bowl team, Joe Turkey Afu, Jim McMahon, McMahon. Trevor Potatoes, Derwin Gravy, Kyle Yamnoy, Matt <laughs> Green Bellini Casserole. I remember this from last year. This is great. Reno Maheroni and Cheese and Evan Pilgrim. That's awesome. Yeah, nicely done. Our rise and shout-outs now. For me, Jeremy, goes to Jay Billis of ESPN because he said this. Among the dumb suspensions that the NCAA hands out, the suspension of Yoli Childs has to be the dumbest. Just really stupid for him to have to sit out even a minute. Yeah, and what a what a deterrent that the NCAA, the, the line they've drawn in the sand to keep a you know the model student athlete from playing because he had the audacity to go for a job interview. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. And mine goes to Kiani Moyai for finishing the match with, with an ace, which sounded like this. Ranked team in the RPI BYU. They were solidly in the tournament no matter what happened. But will they host? Ace serve to win it. Senior for the win. Outstanding. Our thanks to today's guest, Steve Cleveland and D'Angelo Mandel. Sorry to Dennis Pitta for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Randy Brock. BYU Football Kalani Satake airs next.